Yes, people, how are we all doing? I hope we're all doing really well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today we have another guest episode. We have two guests. We have Matty Smith and we have Thomas Young from the If You Care Share Foundation. It was an absolute honor having them two on. We had a great conversation covering all things mental health, what they've been doing with the foundation, how to deal with things if you do struggle with mental health. The best thing, obviously, is to talk. And I've also linked the If You Care Share Foundation down below in the show notes. So if you are struggling and you feel like you need someone to talk to, definitely talk to them. But we dive into everything to do with mental health, routine, communication, social media, everything is covered. And obviously with lockdown, we, we cover lockdown, how gyms are being shut, and also football has now been cancelled as well. So we'll jump straight into this episode. This is Process. Right, we're on. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today we are joined by two handsome young fellas from the If You Care Share Foundation. Matty and Thomas, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you. Um, great to be here. What an introduction, by the way. Oh, hey, it's um, got to be done. Mate, I was just thinking as well, I can't wait until I can have a trim. I certainly don't, <laughs> don't feel like I'm very handsome at the minute. Hey, mate, I was the I've got the cap down here just in case. There, I just came out the show. I've got the cap here just in case. Worst case scenario needs to be done, but CMP. yeah, got to be honest. And also, yeah, Matt I, wasn't, is, what, I wasn't really... I wasn't really expecting to be called handsome with this kind of um, mop on my head. I'm kind of just embracing it now. Hey, we're all, we're all, we're all, all holding the lockdown trims pretty well, I think. We're doing all right. We're holding our own. Yeah, I was going to say, Matty as well, one of my online clients. We've been working together for a while, so we'll touch on that later on about the whole side of terrain within lockdown and how it's how important it is to obviously keep your routine going. But before we jump mm. into that, if you could talk a little bit, I'll let one of you take it away. Talk a bit about your work with If You Care Share, the foundation, how it started and kind of what are you what are you working with? Spot on. Tom, do you want me to go and then you follow on? Yeah, go and you crack on. Um, so If You Care Share um, started in, in 2005. It was started by myself and my family. Um, the reason it was started is I lost my older brother to suicide, Dan. Um, Dan was 19 when he took his own life and didn't show any signs of struggle, didn't show any signs of what he was going through. Um, and still now we kind of don't really know why. And after after we lost Dan, so I was 10 at the time and we just made the decision we wanted to help other people. You know, kind of the thing that stayed with us throughout it is the, I always said, I just wanted to stop one person going through what I went through as a brother. And we do that in a lot of different ways now. Um, one of the main things that we do and what me and Tom kind of, uh, focus on is just talking to young people talking to young people that it's okay to struggle and um, it's okay to not feel okay we do that in loads of different places so we work in schools primary schools and secondary schools and um, but we are very lucky that we work a lot with uh, professional football clubs as well and um, so work in partnership with the premier league and uh, the lfe and the wsl as well I would say we'll kind of talk anybody that'll listen to us, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And we do we do a lot of work for people who are struggling themselves. So we support people in the northeast, uh, support people who, who are, have unfortunately lost someone as well. Um, but yeah, for me and Tom, we we're out majority of the time under normal circumstances, doing loads of different workshops and stuff. Um, obviously behind the screen at this moment in time, which is probably something we could discuss in terms of the pros and cons of that. Um, but yeah, really 
really glad to be on. I know we've had chats in the past around this subject matter on different kind of podcasts and stuff. And yeah, really happy to be on and talk a little bit about different experiences with her. No, I appreciate that. Thomas, what's your story? Um, so I came on board with the charity, um, I was going to say a year ago, but it's actually two, uh, nearly two years ago now. So it um, wasn't last um, July, July before that. Uh, I kind of just, I saw the job come up. Um, I was just at home and I saw it come up on my um, various little things that, that I have on my, coming into my emails about different jobs. And I thought, I'll check an um, application in because I knew uh, Dean and Matthew through football. Um, and both of us, and I think Matthew will admit this as well, we, neither of us thought that I would kind of get the job. Um, but it actually turned out that I was actually half decent at what I do. So, um, so yeah, I kind of spent a year um, shadowing Matthew, listening, listening to him talk quite a lot. Um, so I have learned a lot from him. Um, and now both of us are kind of um, taking the, the online um, stuff that Matthew's just mentioned um, in our own sort of directions, uh, delivering a lot, like every single evening and stuff like that, working with a lot of young people, which is fantastic. Um, and kind of, like Matthew said, making sure that no one has to go through what we've kind of been through. So I lost my um, cousin when I was about 15 or 16 uh, to suicide. And much like um, Matthew, we never obviously got an answer or a reason why um, he chose to do what he did. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, since joining the charity, have really sort of processed that because I never really did at the time because I was kind of, um, I just didn't really understand it or anything, even at that age. Um, but I think kind of since joining the charity and learning um, so much about myself and, and the world of mental health, I've kind of processed that and really, I think, kind of helped my family as well. Um, to kind of you know spread the message and stuff and, and help them out as well as myself. No, I appreciate that. It is obviously scary knowing that like obviously you two have been through that sort of thing that there is people out there who might seem fine on the outside on the outer shell they might seem fine but there's obviously a lot of internal things going on through the head with the struggles and stuff like that so having something that obviously you've set up yourself is perfect for anybody out there. And I don't think in terms of my, like my own understanding, I don't know a lot of foundations out there that are kind of focusing, especially on young people and especially in, in football specifically, because that's, that's a different kind of topic altogether, the mental health side of football. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of a stigma around football in terms of being a macho man, all that sort of thing. You can't show your emotions and stuff, but being able to obviously you, you doing your little zoom calls and stuff with, with football clubs, maybe opening up, people's minds that actually you know what maybe I am feeling a little bit like down and maybe I do need to talk about it so what are the some of the things that you've been doing within within the workshops with not just the footballers but obviously some of the, the other things that you're doing as well I think kind of what what you've what you touched on there of like why why it's so important the reason it's so important is you know the amount of people that I struggle it's the biggest killer of, of men under the age of 45 suicide so it's, it is so important and I think what we're trying to do is just talk about it in a normal way we're not we're not experts we're not clinicians or anything like that we we've just experienced am I allowed to swear yeah, of course mate get it out yeah. <laughs> do whatever <laughs> you want say whatever you want <laughs> I hope my mum doesn't listen <laughs> um but we've just experienced some shit in our lives and had to deal with some difficult stuff and I think some of the main things we try to get across to not just to players, but to anybody of like when we're in that difficult period, 
having the things in place to to manage and deal with that and having that that structure almost them coping strategies and that is that includes obviously talking to people and I think there's a lot done around the importance of communication and obviously it's so important for what what we're talking about here but I think it's almost driven down on us that we'll have to talk but like I mean how often would you see three lads like we are talking about this subject it wouldn't happen very rare, very yeah. often because actually wouldn't would, I don't think we're given the opportunity to do it in the way that we feel comfortable. It's just told like, right, you need to sit down, you need to pour, pour your heart out. Um, we like to talk more about the importance of talking, but actually how it works for you. But the other things you do, I know like even for me and Tom, like we've learned a lot, even through like the, the two years of working together of the benefit of having certain things in place. Would you agree, Tom? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think like, um, if I think about even just in lockdown, obviously we we didn't really see each other for like in a in a work kind of environment for about where it must be nearly a year. So the first trip that we had away, we went down to Man City, and we were just sat in the car and we were talking about what like lockdown's been like. And the both of us sat there and both just went, Do you know what? It's actually been fine. Like yeah, it has been a bit of a struggle, but actually compared to some people, we've actually like almost thrived during lockdown and turned it into a bit more of a positive and I think that is because obviously all the stuff that we talk about you know we talk about because we do all these different things we've got stuff in place and um, as well as obviously communicating but we stress that they have to have other things in place you know what I mean so it's not yeah. just about sitting down and talking it's all the different stuff like obviously we're going to speak about now through being active and um, all them different kinds of things you know and we've mm we are proof that we've got them things in place and like just in something like lockdown where, where a lot of people have struggled, we've actually felt quite positive during it. Yeah. yeah. And just, and sorry, just to put something in that in terms of like when we were talking about that, we, we said, Do you know what? Lockdown's been fine. But if we're honest, Tom, we had some difficult stuff to deal with as oh, well. Yeah. So like we were both on furlough for quite, for, for quite a while, Tom slightly longer than me. Um, but during lockdown, my dad got a diagnosis of can cancer. Um, he found cancer in his neck, um, which was obviously horrific. So it wasn't like, and um, it wasn't like everything was brilliant. Everything was sunshine and rainbows. I had some, I had some difficult shit to deal with. Mm -hmm. But actually, because like we said, we have these things in place, it made it that little bit more manageable. And sometimes it is. Because we're all going to have our difficulties, that, that different things. I know kind of for you, Brendan, you've talked about injury and stuff. And we've all got that stuff that knocked us, put us on that kind of difficult path. But it's at that point, having them things, them driving forces, them people around you, just to manage through that. Mm -hmm. I think it does take you like, for, like, for example, before all your struggles, before obviously you had incidents in your family with suicide and stuff. Did you have these structures in place? Did you have, were you even like thinking about, was mental health even really a thing for, for both of you, Thomas? I'll let you go first. Um, for me, no, because I'd never been sort of, um, I'd never been taught about mental health, to be honest, never been told about it. Knew it kind of existed, but much in sort of the same way that we have people in our workshops who probably feel quite similar. I thought that mental health was mental health problems and that's it nothing positive no positive mental health or anything like that I didn't know I could I didn't know I really had it if I'm honest with you up until um obviously that all happened in the family and stuff like that and I started to learn a little bit more 
Um, so no, I, I remember actually I was in um, one of Dean and Shirley's workshops, um, but I think I was in about year seven. And the distinct thing I remember was um, the element of it and stuff and, and why they were in to talk to us, obviously, um, losing Dan and getting a wristband. And that's all I could remember from it. And then after that, after the sport was, the school never kind of took it anywhere else. But I think that's because back then, and I say back then as in only about 10 years ago, um, you know, it was never really at the forefront of people's minds within young people. But obviously now we're seeing that um, it really does need to be. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I was going to say, Mike, what was it like for you before in terms of, did you have that mindfulness? Did you have a sort of a routine and structure to in place at all before, yeah. before obviously nah. your, your brother I'll, passed away? I mean, I, I have to be honest, like before, before my brother, no. Um, so Dean and Shirley, my mum and dad, by the way, when, when Tom <laughs> dropping in Dean and Shirley. So uh, like even, but even after losing Dan, so like I was 10, it was the first thing I'd ever experienced in terms of loss, but to lose something in that kind of way, it, it obviously puts you in a certain path and you, you get a certain level of understanding of the importance of things. But even after losing Dan, there was, I would say there was a long period of like growing up where actually I would just kind of like, I would talk, but I would talk in the way that I thought people wanted to hear. I would just, cause I knew what I was going to say was going to affect other people. So like, I would just say, yeah, I feel sad, but like that, that wasn't really kind of how I felt. I just pushed it down for a long time and kind of tried to ignore it because I thought nobody could understand. And I think it wasn't until I was older that I got like to that point of actually, no, you need to have these things in place. You need to find what the way for you to communicate, the person for you to communicate. Football was massive in terms of like my grief and how I, how I coped um, because it just helped me to switch off. It helped us mm -hmm. to escape. Um, I was at I was at Hartlepool Academy at the time. I've got to drop that in, haven't I? Um, okay, no, it's gonna be <laughs> um, done. But but then like I just put everything into football. I thought football was the only thing that would kind of like help me to cope. But like, and I'm sure you understand this. Tom knows this because we talk about it all the time. If you rely on football to be the only coping strategy, can't happen because football's the issue sometimes. Yeah. Football's the main issue, or whatever kind of sport or whatever thing you do, like. You know, if you're injured, if you're not getting, if you're not playing, if you're not enjoying it, you know, I got to the point where actually it was so much pressure for me and so much kind of anxiety of not wanting to fail and not wanting to be disappointed that I just stopped enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And I think, and it goes back to what Tom's saying around like that education. If I had other things, other coping strategies, other structures in place, I could have enjoyed the thing that I love the most that lot a lot more and it wasn't like i have to go to that because that's the only thing that can make us happy if that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah yeah 100 you've got to have more than one thing to rely on like i always i always say to like even my girlfriend i always say like you've got to be independent no matter what you can't just rely on like other people for your own mental health you can't rely on like one thing like some people rely on like to get through the year it might even just be like a holiday thinking about a holiday right i've got to get to the holiday once the holiday is over what is it now like that's yeah that you've been looking forward to that all year now it's like right nothing's changed I've still got this this problem in my head I need to find something else and like the same with football there's too many highs and lows in football to in fact there's too many lows there's probably only like maybe you get one or two good highs the rest of it are just lows it is a it's a mental battle itself so relying yeah. purely on football is gonna probably like 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 in yourself take away that love from the game because you're mm. putting so much pressure on yourself and yeah. because obviously I, you, sorry I was gonna say 
were you gonna say? Go on, carry on, carry on. I was gonna say you're a young, you were a young, young lad when it all happened. So you were ten years old. Like you probably didn't really understand everything that's going on. And it's great, great. Obviously, football's gonna be there for you. But then, if you lose the love for the game when you're a young lad, that's gonna massively impact you down the line. You might look back and, and have those sort of regrets in terms of that. But in terms of being a young lad happening at, at that sort of age, there's a lot of you, there's a lot of growing up probably happening in a very short period of time for you, which is. There's obviously there's it's a horrible 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 tragic thing, but it's almost a blessing in disguise for your own your own self because you do grow these things that yeah. happen to you. Like I've I've got a client I messed him I was speaking to him the other day, and he's about 20, 21 years old, and I was like oh like just about like like I've never really talked to you about like what's your mental health like at the minute because he's I think I think he's on furlough at the minute. He's just doing little bits of gym in the house like what what are you do he's not really doing. I was like oh how are you doing? He's like mate I've honestly never struggled with mental health in my life. I'm fine. I'm doing my bits and bobs. I'm playing xbox with my mates but he's never had anything kind of really bad happen to him which is obviously great for him but yeah something might tragically happen in one or two years to him and he might not have those things in place to deal with that which is why yeah. like you you both said in terms of lockdown you have been fine because you've already got these routines and these these things in place because there's something's changed there's been something different that's happened in your life you can adapt like that like you already you've been through that sort of situation before obviously there's going to be people who do struggle out there mm. because they've they've never had to adapt to situations like that which is obviously it's it's tough when you're not being afraid from like that but yeah. what are you going to say before yeah. sorry mate I'm, I'm like I'm definitely not grateful for obviously the what I've had to experience however oh, exactly yeah. like you say it, it made me appreciate and understand the value of actually having me th these things in place however for use that at light as an example it shouldn't take something like this so an experience like that to actually have the things in place you should have the things in place anyway mm -hmm. you know like that that what has happened with my dad thankfully he's doing a lot better now like I had the things in place already. It didn't take my dad being unwell for me to think, oh, I need to do something to look after myself. Mm -hmm. And I think I picked up on something that I've been thinking about this recently in terms of like when you say about the holiday or the game or the whatever, there's always that aspiration and that's what's going to make us happy. We're looking for that happiness. There's always that goal of I'll lose six pounds and then I'll be happy. I'll lose a stone and then I'll be happy. I'll, I'll yeah. go on holiday and then I'll be happy. But it's all it's all relative to the here and now. And actually, no, why don't you just be happy with what you've achieved today? And mm -hmm. I know we've had conversations in the past, Brendan, about like just them wins for the day and celebrating them little wins and just clinging on to them because it's here and now. And before you know it, and I know it's really cheesy, it's in the past. And it's yeah. like trying, even them really difficult periods, try and embrace them and try and live them. I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people at this moment in time with everything that's going on. It'll, f it'll feel like the past six months, nine months have been a blur. Yeah. Because it's constantly wishing, I can't wait until COVID goes away. I can't wait until the vaccine. But there's still going to be difficulties when this disappears. We have to mm -hmm. be honest. It's still going to be hard. It's not yeah. going to be like one day we're going to run out the door and everybody's going to hug each other and everybody's going to yeah. be really happy. It's, it's going to be a long time. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think no. just in terms of um, like when you were talking just then about setting yourself little wins for the day, I think that is massive for for people. So for me personally, like um, since the new year, I've kind of tried to do little things every single day that when I get into bed on a night, I feel like I've actually achieved something. And I think that's what people should kind of aim for instead of aiming for that holiday and stuff. So just like um, drinking six bottles of my, uh, water a day, 
and reading 10 pages of my book. Those are my two kind of defaults. I'll do, I'll do the book when I get into bed and hopefully by that point I've had all my water. Um, so just having them little things and like, I actually really now look forward to feeling like I have accomplished something, even if it, if it is just staying hydrated. And mm-hmm. especially with the, the reading, like I didn't find myself, I think maybe a year ago, I probably, I didn't read at all. Like um, I didn't read any books or anything like that. But now I actually find myself looking forward to finishing this book that I'm reading and moving on to the next one. So I think mm-hmm. even just little things like that, if you st- stick them in your day, then that can really, really help you kind of have those daily wins, as you were saying. Yeah, yeah. When you mentioned about reading, that was something when I was going through like my struggles with injury and stuff that I kind of like, turned to. And I think people people can't, like they're not able to spend time with themselves. Like that's when they really struggle because that's when the thoughts go in. But if you've got something like listening to a podcast, reading, you're almost like, you, that's the time where you can also work on yourself, work on being able to actually deal with with being on your own. You can also learn some crazy things and listen to podcasts with people who are mindful, who do like podcasts like this, hopefully if people actually do listen to it, on mental health and stuff, like things like this do actually help you. Like as stupid as it sounds, even just even just even if it's a podcast that's like nothing to really do with anything that you're massively interested in just listening to people's voices and listening to their opinions on things open up your mind to new things is, is going to be massive i found personally to help me and you were on about the kind of ticking things off and i have a little checklist on my phone every day which i've done in the notes i've just realized like last week you can like do the little ticky things like Take them off can in your notes section. Ah, oh, you can, mate. I didn't realise until the other day. Oh, you have to get massive, massive, mind blown. But yeah, <laughs> since last week, I told them like I've done it for ages. Since last week, I now do it. But you just tick things off as you go. I write down like my, my morning routine, which we'll probably talk about in a second about routine and stuff. My morning routine, which is always cold shower, uh, make my bed, which is Tom. I know that you're a big on making your bed, which I like. You mentioned the, in, the, in the podcast the other day. Um, cold shower and then I, I write down in my daily journal just three positive things just to be grateful for and then maybe just some sort of motivational speech if I'm not feeling great I'll just say right you're not feeling great today but just do everything you can to to do so if you're feeling great look you're not going to feel like this every single day make the most of it be productive do more things today because there might be days where you, you, you're not feeling productive and just as an example yesterday wasn't a great day for me but I've got my non-negotiable sort of stuff out the way. I ticked all my boxes. I had all my my four or five things that I know I needed to get done. I ticked them off. And I was like, hey, that's it. There's going to be days where I'm going to tick them off and I'm going to do five different things. For example, like mm-hmm. do a podcast, record a video. And then on the days when I'm not feeling great, I might be able to just sit down on my laptop and just edit a few things. If I get 10 minutes of editing done, that's a bonus. So having that sort of routine in place and making you feel like you're accomplishing something each day I'm always yeah. big on the process, which is why I'm in the yeah. podcast, the process. Like yeah. that is the thing that that keeps you sort of your mental health in check, having a process that you enjoy and that keeps you feeling good. At the end goals, sometimes it might not happen or you're going to get an end goal and there's always going to be a goal after that. But having something in place and enjoying that process of getting up every day, doing whatever you do for work, doing your exercise, getting your steps in, whatever it is, learning to to enjoy that and do that consistently that's what's going to keep you in a, in a good place like from my perspective anyway yeah. yeah i think i think it's important as well though like 100 percent that you, you know we we can't kind of sit here and say oh yeah we'll smash it every day like mm-hmm. the, there are days where i cannot be asked there are days like where i you know i haven't got everything kind of set up in in the right way and i i don't do the 
the stuff I should should be, <clears throat> and I have to check myself sometimes. I think it's been almost driven into us by these people who are portraying this fantastic life on social media that we have to be ridiculously productive every single day. But actually, no, even if it is something as simple as, do you know what? I got up, I made my bed, I had a shower, and I went for a walk. Like mm-hmm. that, people see that and think, well, you should just do that every day. Well, no, actually, that could be a big win for somebody. And when, when we're lacking that motivation, to have the motivation to do that and take that little step can be a huge win, can't it? And mm-hmm. it's them little things that get you. And I know like you always kind of name drop it, but it gets you in the process. It gets you in that mindset of even in them difficult days, there is them little things that we can do and celebrate them as well. Mm-hmm, 100%. So Tom, what's, what's your little morning routine? Because I know you mentioned it on the previous podcast. How important has that been like, for you personally? Um. Massive. I think when um, we first went into lockdown, obviously nearly a year ago, I had a kind of week or two week period where I'd sit up to the early hours on the PlayStation, basically like I'm a teenager again, um, not wake up till 11, 12 o'clock, not make my bed, um, eat whatever I want. Or, um, and to be honest, for about two weeks, it was quite nice. But then yeah. I just I started getting cigarettes. So that's when, like you say, I got into the process and the routine and stuff like that. So first, like... I try and get up at a, a reasonable time. I'd say a lie-in on a Sunday, maybe, um, about 10 o'clock. And even then, I'm probably awake before then. Uh, but, but straight away, as soon as I get up, it's um, make my bed. And I don't mean just like literally just chucking your quilt on. I mean, actually like stuffing the stuff down the side so it looks neat. And honestly, it, like we obviously we spoke about it on the last um, thing we did. But like it is massive. It's the tiniest little thing. And I hear loads of people say it. it's the tiniest little thing, but honestly, it makes a huge difference to your morning. Mm-hmm. After that, um, I get straight on and have some water, a cup of tea, and then a, a good breakfast. Cause I think again, breakfast in terms of like your nutrition and stuff like that just sets you up really, mm-hmm. really well for the day. And like um it stops you almost snacking because I feel like when you're bored you snack and then you feel crap after you've done that do you know what I mean and eating the stuff that you don't need to so a good breakfast and stuff can really sort of help and then I'm off with me day yeah it's just starting the day positive even the things that you don't want to do that's one of the reasons I do the cold showers because I know I don't want to do it but I feel better for doing it and it's with you with making the bed obviously I do that the same sort of thing as well doing that properly even then you wake up and you don't really fancy doing it that's going to end up leading like snowball and all of a sudden you're doing something else. Like the other day I made my bed and then I seen that there was washing on the side of my missus. But it did this, I hope my missus is listening because I'd done the washing. It was hanging on the side. That just led me to then do the washing, put the, put the washing away. Then it led me to, I don't know, message someone about trying to organize a podcast. that might've been this podcast, like stuff like that just kind of starts the momentum. And once you kind of get rolling, there's it's kind of unlimited where you can kind of go with. But if you start that day, you're a bit sloppy getting out of bed, you snooze your alarm, you don't make your bed, you, you, you know, you skip a cold trial if you know me, you don't hydrate, you, you have a crappy breakfast, you just, you see a muffin on the side and you have that. That's already a few losses in the day and that's put you in sort of a negative, negative frame of mind, negative mindset. And you, that'll probably carry on throughout the day and it's going to be harder to then bounce back and get back onto it. When, you know what it's like, it's like with football, when your confidence is high and stuff, you're rolling, you're flying, you don't even yeah. have to think about playing. So it's just the yeah. same sort of thing, but in terms of life, obviously being consistent with the right things and then progressing. So there's a little break in the podcast here because I stupidly forgot that I've only got the 40 minute timer on Zoom because I have the free version. So we switched over to Tom's podcast. I switched over to Tom's Zoom to finish off part two. So we'll jump straight into it. 
Right, we're back on. Apologies for the little break. That was my um, peasant Zoom because I, <laughs> I haven't upgraded <laughs> to the full Zoom yet. So we're back on. Anyway, Matt, you've had something to say in terms of a different approach to, to routines. Yeah, so in terms of kind of routines and stuff like that, it's so it is so important. And I think I'm trying to get better at like that sort of stuff of getting up at a decent time. I know that was something that you kind of for, forced upon us as part of like the training I've been doing with you. Um, However, a couple of things, sleep is really important for my mental health. I know I have to have a certain amount of hours or I can't really function that well. Um, I, I mean, I can't make my bed because most sometimes my missus is still in bed. So yeah. I don't think, you know, but uh, the, a, a different kind of look on it. So I was diagnosed with um, OCD when I was younger, when I was 13, 14. And a big part and kind of me understanding that, a big thing for me is control and kind of trying to feel like I'm in control and if I get too ritualistic so kind of like I got to the point where there was I had to I had to do certain things and my idea was so for example I would count my steps so I would pick kind of sets of 10 and it it sounds ridiculous talking about it but like it would basically I would pick a point and I had to get there in 10 steps and if I didn't I wouldn't play well in the game but actually it got to the point in my thought process that I would have to do it or like my mum was going to die or something like that. And it was my way of coping and trying to control situations. So the point I'm trying to get at in terms of routine is I need to be careful of actually not relying too much on the routine. And I, I need to break it. I need to have, and I'm going to try a big word, a bit of spontaneity in my life. Because when I get too reliant on something, I struggle then because if I can't do it for whatever reason, say say I, I need to change my schedule or something, I then struggle to cope. So for somebody actually, I have these, I like you, you describe it as the non-negotiables. Like I have them things that I know I have to do. So I need to do one piece of exercise a day. I need to make sure I'm kind of getting up at a, a relatively decent time. I make sure I check in with people and stuff, but mine's a little bit more irregular because I have to, because I understand with my mental health, if I had it so structured, I would become too reliant on it, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so another... I think you find the way that works for you, again, uh -huh. with it, does it? Yeah. 100%. I think you can't be too too strict. Like you said, you can't kind of rely on them things. It's like the same with people having superstitions before football, 70 or stuff, and like exactly. tie your right boot before your left sort of thing. Like you cannot control that. And I've done a good podcast with Chris Factory, who's a, who's a blind with me at yeah. the minute. He said a very nice saying in Italian, but some Italian player told him, I can't remember what it was, but it pretty much means that you're in control of your life. Like these external factors and variables and stuff there they can change, but they cannot influence your own life. You are the one who's on control of it, in control of it. So like, for example, like, somebody cancels on you or like you need to, like you get a last minute call for a meeting or whatever it is you need to be able to adapt yes you might not be able to do your morning routine bang on you might have to quickly rush through it and stuff like that but you've got to be able to do that and you've got to be able to understand right i'm doing this for the right reasons and it's not going to affect my day i'm the one who's on con in control of it something might not go to plan with i don't know a meeting or like a trade like a trading session you might have a bad trading session that can't then affect you for the next meeting or the next trading session or the next game You've got to be able to adapt and understand like it's life. Like life doesn't go to plan. Look at lockdown and COVID and exactly. stuff. Like you've got to be able to adapt to things and yeah, and be and be resilient in a sense to, to whatever kind of comes your way. So yeah, that's a good point to be fair, because there probably is people who are like, if my routine isn't in check, my day is ruined. There probably yeah. is um 
it probably is that. But do you, have you found that at all, Thomas, in terms of, has there only been days where you haven't stuck to your routine it's kind of went downhill or you, you kind of um, able to adapt? Yeah, today. So um, my car's in for its MOT. So, and I come to the office this morning nice and early. Yeah. Um, and uh, because my car was in for its MOT, I had to take my mum to work. She started at, she needed to be there at quarter past seven. So I got up really early. I made my bed, but I didn't have any breakfast and I had a McDonald's breakfast on the way to the office. Now, obviously, that is the hallmark of a crap breakfast, but I stuck with my making my bed. I managed to get up out of bed nice and early. Um, I had a coffee. So, and even though I had a sausage name with muffin, I still feel all right because I still did little parts of, of that routine. Mm. And it's just like, like you say, like with the non-negotiables, keep the non-negotiables just within yourself. And like Matthew touched on with the sleep, like sleep is massive, massively important, I think, in terms of like just everything. So if on a Saturday or Sunday or even a weekday, if you've got a morning off or whatever, you want to lie in bed till 10, 11 o'clock and not do anything for the first few hours of your day, crack on and do it. You see all these people who put like the, the daily routines on and they're getting up at five, six o'clock in the morning, starting emails at like seven o'clock. It's not realistic. They'll probably do that once once every two weeks and actually go through the whole routine. Whereas in reality, they'll probably do that, like I say, once. And then the next few days, they'll probably stay in bed or not catch up on emails until the afternoon. So like be almost um, relaxed in yourself and give yourself a bit of um, looseness in your non-negotiables and your routine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hey mate, I was going to mention about that nutrition, mate. There's nothing wrong with every so often having one. I think me and my missus, because my my birthday next week, we're going to have a Domino's at the weekend. Like things like that. Don't stress about it if you're doing it every so often. If there's a day where you forgot to prep your food or whatever it is, you can have a Greg's or something like that. Like once in a while, as long as you're like 80% of the time consistent, which I've talked to you about, Matty, like you don't have to be 100% bang on every single time because you've got to have a bit of balance in your life. So there's nothing wrong with every so everyone enjoys a little McDonald's breakfast every so often. I mean, how how good do you feel personally when you when you're having your treat? Oh, you know what I mean. And even man. even sometimes when you break in your routine, it kind of feels good at the same time. Yeah, you, know what I mean? you need that time to switch off. And then you mentioned yeah. the sleep thing. I think a lot of people like I like to get up early because I'm I'm more productive first thing in the morning. And I feel better for it. And at the minute during lockdown, that's something that's like training in the mornings, keeping me in a routine. Like I don't need to get up and train at that time. I could probably get away with training. Like after this podcast, I've got like an hour, two hour gap. I could do that, but I know it helps me to, to start my day. And I think a lot of people do it on social media just for sure. Just, just to put it on social media, like, oh, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning or I'm, I'm doing this, that, and the other. I'm getting my work done. Like one, like you said, you're probably not going to be able to maintain that consistently. And if you're not getting your sleep right, if you're not going to bed early enough as well, so you can't consistently go to bed at 12 o'clock and get up at five o'clock. Like five hours of sleep is not maintainable. Like I've funny you've said that I've, I've recorded a little like funny IGT video talking about like the Gary V lifestyle, getting up and having four hours of sleep, hustle, grind, all that stuff. It's not maintainable consistently. And you've got to have time to switch off. Like I always allow at least one day when I'm, when I'm not like I'm gonna lay in, I'm gonna be a little bit lazy, but I need that day to kind of reset and and kind of like reset, recharge, and also just have time to switch off. And then when it gets to the end of the day, I'm like, right, I've done nothing today. Tomorrow I'm ready to get back at it, and I want to like I actually want to get back on it. And it, it's the same with training plans, and and you see people who train seven days a week, like that's not maintainable, and you probably don't have like that motivation to go and train. Whereas if you have two or three days off a week, you probably look forward to training a little bit more. 
So there's that, there's got to be that balance. You've got to be realistic and whatever works for you. If you like laying in and you put you more productive later in the day, do it. If, if you can do that, if your lifestyle works like that, as long as you get the work done, it doesn't really matter. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, 100%. So, yeah. We'll touch on a little bit about exercise and obviously with gyms being shut and football being cancelled i think is it is your league's been completely cancelled yet or not yeah not not completely cancelled but i think unfortunately we've all just come to the acceptance that it's it's gone mm-hmm. yeah um and I, 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 I that sounds really dramatic it's gone but like it's gone. It, it, it is it is a big deal because um you know it's what as much as we were saying you shouldn't it's what you're looking forward to at the weekend you're preparing for that game like me, me and Tom, and I know you'll be similar. We are, although we play at a relatively kind of low standard, we are of the we are preparing for the game the night before. You know, we're getting in that mindset the night before, and to to not even just have that that routine like we've mm-hmm. been talking about. Of you know, I, my Saturday routine hasn't changed for years because that's the one where I like to feel in control of it because yeah. obviously it's it's what I value the most and what I enjoy the most. So yeah, I, we've we've kind of accepted that that it's gone. I think that's been, that's been difficult. I've found that difficult of previous lockdowns. It's been that aspiration of, okay, well, I need to keep myself ticking over because at some point when it's a goer, I need to be ready to go. But it's, it's more, I would say it's more difficult this time with you, Tom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, um, just the, like you've said, the whole sort of aiming towards that, the Saturday or the or the midweek game, just so you, you kind of built your week around it in terms of everything, like your your different exercise, your nutrition and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it has been kind of weird and not having that goal to aim towards. Just like you say, keeping yourself ticking over with your fitness and what have you. Um, so I've found it quite difficult, especially in the past couple of weeks, of like coming to the terms of obviously football, we're not going to play any more games this season. So what am I actually keeping myself fit for? Like what am I actually work like doing the workouts and going for runs for? And I know obviously personally for me it's um for my mental health, but like still, um still it is quite hard to find the motivation to and I know a few of the lads at, at um who we play with are struggling with that as well. And like I can imagine people in the same league and, and even in a couple of leagues above are probably feeling exactly the same that they don't really feel the need to actually exercise or anything like that. So that kind of stuff's been been difficult. And that release and that sort of two hours where you're not with your missus and you're not um, with your mum and dad or whatever, where you can just sort of um, be with the lads because it is, it's so much different, like... Um, being at home with your family or whoever, like, and the kind of person you are with the lads at footy and just having that bit of crack and stuff, it's just having that taken away, it's been crap, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. that social aspect. It's like the same with obviously people who don't play football, like going to be able to go and even just have a pint with a mate sort of thing. Like the people are going to be missing that and also not having that goal, which is why you see so many people, like, there's probably a lot of people like that who are obviously out, not just in football, struggling with the motivation to keep fit and keep going because they don't have that angle they don't even know if they're gonna get a holiday like we talked about kind of pushing towards that that's like a goal for people right i want to get in shape for holiday like people don't have that that end goal anymore which is why i'm, I'm always big on setting goals so you've got to create your own 
your own reason for doing stuff. And that's when people talk about motivation. Motivation is only short term. Like you're gonna you get motivated by watching someone on YouTube shout like shout whatever it is, go on, you can do it today, sort of thing. Like all, all that motivational videos, but that's only short term. Like you need to find something that's not just not really a motivation, but it's your purpose and your it's your reason for doing something. You know, like, yes, I'm not feeling motivated today, but I know that I need to do this thing to get to where I want to be. So having some sort of any sort of goal, like even little ones, like if it could be like, like I asked you the other day, Matty, like to make up a little four week goal, whether to get back into a routine of things, obviously after, after being ill or just hitting your steps daily, or I don't know, I want to improve by two reps on my, my bench press or whatever it could be, just little ones. And then once you get that one, just create another one and just keep that kind of momentum going. But yeah, it is tough in terms of football because obviously it's the same for me. Our league's been postponed for, for two weeks, I think now. And that's even questionable whether it's going to be continuing after that. So, yeah, it's it's hard to keep going when you're not training for that purpose, but you need to create something in your own mind, a reason to, to kind of keep going. I think. I think the gym. I think the gym's being shut. That's that. Oh, that was yeah. my. That was the closest thing I had to some sort of release, um, similar to football. And I think the the difficulty I'm finding, even like weather wise, like I would go and do a a workout in my garden no bother when the weather was nice mm -hmm. but now I'm like if I'm doing a workout it's got to be in my front room but I'm working from home all day so it's it's trying to kind of push yourself so I've been breaking off and I know we've chatted and just trying to get out of the house that little bit more so like doing a little bit more exercise out of the house mm -hmm. I know sometimes it isn't appropriate with the weather but like just a just a run or something just to get that the fresh air the fresh air makes a massive difference mm -hmm. I know for like a lot of people at the minute, they are literally sat like this for majority of the day. And then they'll switch off, have food, and then probably just lie down and watch the TV. So actually just getting outside, even the big thing I've been, and I know you always talk about the 10,000 steps and do, doing that every day. And, you know, that's, that's really helped me, I would say. Um, nothing will replace the, the feeling of football. And... I think we'll have to accept that 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 unfortunately is going to be difficult, but there's still things you can do to again on that difficult period cope with it. Mm -hmm, Hundred percent. I think going back to like the point about feeling like you've accomplished something, like like the little goal of ten thousand steps is again. If you hit that every day, it's again a little feeling like, all oh, right, I've actually done something today. And if you're dwelling on like with football being cancelled and we know we're going to be in lockdown and we're not going to be able to go and see our mates and stuff for probably a long time. There's no point kind of dwelling on that. You might as well try your best to flip. I know it's, it's easy, easy enough just saying flip your mindset and like just accept that that's going to be the way it is. But try your best and just be like, right, this is what's going to happen. Like I'm not going to be able to do this, that, and the other. But this is what I can do to kind of get myself in a good place and kind of flipping your mindset like that and and kind of moving forward like that. Is there anything that you found, Tom, from working from home that kind of helps you? In terms of exercise, what have you been doing in terms of are you just training inside at the minute or you're getting yourself off of runs? Um, so I, I've decided to like try and do maybe two ex exercises or sets of exercise a day. So one probably being a workout, even if it's just 10, 20 minutes of, um, of a little circuit or something like that, just body weight stuff. Um, because obviously trying to buy weights at this point in time, even oh, now, it's yeah. still so expensive. It's ridiculous. I've got an eight kilogram uh, kettlebell and that's it. But even if, if even if it's just 10, 20 minutes with that, um, all the resistance bands. Um, but then I'm trying to get out of the house for 45 minutes to an hour, um, and it has to be outside. 
um, even if it is just a walk. So I usually go, obviously Matthew will know because I've put a message in the, the work chat saying I'm going out for a run or a walk. I usually try and get out for a run or a walk on my dinner and then um, I'll kind of, I'll get back quickly make my dinner just bang it in the microwave and then I'll go sit on my sit at my desk and do work while eating my dinner so I've actually prioritized my dinner time to getting out and go and exercise because when you finish work at five o'clock especially if I've got an I'll drive home it's hard to get in the house smell my tea and then think no do you know what I'll put my shoes on and I'll go out again so it is hard doing that so like um using the time on my dinner um and stuff like that just to get out is is what I've been doing um, yeah. just in terms of exercise and stuff like that and then we've actually we've recently bought an exercise bike for the house um, and nice. so just jumping on there for um 20 to 40 minutes again just just mm-hmm. to keep myself taking over it's, it's just doing whatever kind of works best for you like it's just like i mentioned before we even start the podcast i don't i hate training at night time so i'm bet that's why i'm getting up early and getting my workout done because one it kind of starts my day right gets me feeling productive but i know if I do it early in the day, it's done. I'm kind of in a more a more positive mindset towards training and get my exercise done early in the day than I would be at like six o'clock at night. And I know I just want to kind of wind down and relax. And everybody knows how hard it is to get motivated when you're tired and, and, and you've got to go and go do a run. And especially in this lockdown when it's pitch black at like, what, half four, five o'clock now. This is one of the reasons why I think this lockdown's probably been a, a lot tougher for people because of the bad weather. Like we, I was speaking to my dad about it. he's up early. He's up at like five o'clock in the morning for he's, but he's still working um, through this all. And he said, this lockdown has been a lot tougher because I'm going to work when it's dark. I'm coming home when it's dark and there's nothing in between. Whereas last lockdown, it was in the summer and I was getting up and it was kind of starting to get light when I was getting up and at nighttime, we could chill, chill in the garden. I could sit outside and have my food in, in the sun. It wasn't as bad. So yeah. it, there probably is a big difference in terms of people but- suffering mental health with the weather. There, there, there is anyway, you know, lockdown or no lockdown, this time of year is one of the most difficult times of the year in this country. You know, we just, and I hate the day, but we've just gone past the, the most depressing day of the year. So actually, you know, it's Blue Monday or whatever it is. And so it is, it is this, this time of year where it's difficult anyway. Chuck a global pandemic in there and the fact that you can't see anybody and you can't do the things that you would normally potentially use to cope. It's, yeah. it's huge it's massive but i i just think like it's kind of like what you said brendan you know you can you can flip this and use this real negative to actually learn a bit more about yourself learn what kind of keeps you taking over and learn how you can deal a little bit better with things as well mm-hmm. it, is a, it is a challenge because it is always easy saying right this is what you need oh, to do you 100%. need to do this but actually getting to that point is so hard but like i said again listening to podcasts like this one reading books on that's anything to do with life anything to do with mindfulness mental health all that sort of stuff educating yourself yes you might listen to it and think right i'm going to try and implement that you might completely fail at it but at least you're kind of doing the right things and eventually it will kind of catch up i'd probably say it took me a good two and a half years to kind of actually get myself into a better place where my routine was actually working yes i try i used to read every morning before when i was in full-time football but two years ago I was playing in Scotland. I used to get up every morning, have a coffee, sit down and read for like 45 minutes. I still felt like crap. Honestly, my, mm. my head was still not in a good place, but I, know, I knew that kind of doing that down the line, things are going to start to get better. And they did eventually, like I said, it took like two years or whatever it is to kind of get my head into a better better headspace. But it's yeah. just... It's, just, you, if it's you're not doing, an instant do, shift, is it? Oh, it's 100%. Not, no, no, no. It's a long, long, long process. So 
you just got to do you know what you know what's going to help your your own mental health and you know what's going to kind of make it worse but it's so yeah. much easier to do the things that make it worse than it is to do the things that make it better which Definitely. is it's just crazy but talking about that do you use obviously you had you both had your your darker periods do you still kind of get times where you you do for it might even be like a split second it might even be 20 minutes or something like that, where you kind of flip back into that moment and you're like what's the point anymore sort of thing like i just don't feel great do you ever get, still get that moments yeah i was i was i was going to pick up on that kind of as you were saying that brendan do you want to go tom or should i no, no, go on. like the <clears throat> as much as you build this resilience up or you build your <clears throat> your way of dealing with it i still have days where i go back to them them dark periods there's still weeks where i have a really really tough week um however i think because of what i've built up i can get through them that little bit easier or that little bit better um so yeah i mean i'm i'm certainly not a perfect example of having that good process and stuff i still still get into my bad habits every now and then and i have to check myself um and it's still a process that i'm learning i would say i haven't I, i'm not the finished article um, there's still a lot of things that I need to improve on, you know, kind of get better and get in a better, better habits. But I think we all can. We can all check ourselves and stuff. You know, reading for it for me has been a big challenge because I struggle to be present kind of in the moment. I My mind's everywhere, kind of doing lots of different things. So actually reading is a really difficult task for me, but that just highlights I need to do it more <laughs> to yeah. get better at it. So I am quite a competitive person. So I challenge myself with things and that's how I get around them. Of Well, you need to do it and you need to kind of get better at it. So um, no, certainly not. I, I still have, I still have some really difficult periods. I have to be honest. And, um, you know, I still, I still miss my brother. I, I still think about kind of what could have been, you know, I, I should be an uncle now and all, all that sort of stuff. So there's, it's always there. I would say it never gets, it never goes away. You just find your way to manage it and deal with it that little bit better as it goes through. Definitely, yeah. And I think it, like it's it's exactly the same for me. And I I think it would probably be exactly the same for for everyone because I don't think you can. I don't think anyone could honestly sit there and say that they don't have shit days or like a period in a week where or a week period where you know you maybe don't feel motivated and you are feeling a little bit crap and stuff like that and like. But, you know, like we've already touched on, we've got we've got them things in place that can really help us with that. And like I would say the most obviously we know the most important one is speaking, but that is that's the first thing that I do. Um, it'll either be to my my girlfriend or my best mate and I'll just text them. Um, I'll usually text asking if they're OK and try and push for them to ask if I'm all right. And then I'll say, nah, feel crap. Um, because I, I I couldn't just I, I couldn't just send them a text or ring them and like ask and then just completely open my heart out and say this is how I'm feeling. I have to be pushed to say that. So that's why I send them the text first. Um, but then like even just them two relationships that I've got, them two know exactly the the kinds of things that I need to do that that'll help me get back to feeling more positive. And um, one of the main ones being going for a run or a walk, like my best mate will text us and just say, um, should we go for a run? And then we'll just, we'll just 
chat shit all the way around on the run. And I feel feel brilliant after doing that. So and those I think those kind of days and periods are a little bit um more frequent, obviously, with everything that's going on. Um but you know, I'm quite grateful that with all the stuff that I've found out within myself in the in in recent times, um, that can help us through them them little them little bad periods. Yeah, it's great that you've got them people around you though. Like when you do have a good tight knit of group knit of friends and family who you know you can go and speak to. The times where it's hard, like I feel sorry for the people who don't have anybody who maybe feel like they are on the loan. Like there might there might be people who actually if they reached out they, they could speak to, but. They might feel isolated or they might not actually have too many friends. They might literally be on their own, which is why it's great that there's obviously you guys, if you guys share, obviously I'll put all the numbers and stuff down below that for to contact, but someone like you guys to, to maybe talk to, even just a stranger. Like I spoke to Jack Robson, who's obviously, he struggled with it a little bit. He said the best thing that he did was speak to a stranger because they don't know anything about you. They're not going to, obviously, there's no chance of it getting rumours getting spread or anything like that, which is hopefully that would never happen anyway. But there's no kind of nothing in your head thinking like oh what if they say this what if they say that do you know that they're just going to sit listen and maybe just take things in and help you out the best you can so yeah if you've got a good group of family good group of friends who you can talk to it, they are the best people to to go and speak to definitely and also definitely. in terms of if you have had like one of them days like for example like yesterday i didn't have i didn't have a great day just in terms of productivity and stuff i got my kind of bits and bobs that i need to get done and i said you know what i've done what i need to get done i'm just going to go to sleep here I just like I'm just gonna have a little bit of a bad day sort of thing accept it but then I got to the night time I was like right I've had a bit of a bad day today tomorrow's gonna be a little bit better but like I said it's easier said than done just flipping your mindset like that it's it's it does take a lot of a time and stuff to to build up to that point but yeah the best thing to do is just to talk it's it's important what you said as well though like for people who might think they're by themselves with it it was mm. one subscribe to me I always remember it and it's it, Superman syndrome if you almost think you are the only person in the world that is going through that or experiencing that but actually when we take that first step which is probably the hardest step in terms of saying do you know what I, I'm going through this and I need a bit of a hand whoever that is whether it's somebody you know or it's a complete stranger through a helpline or service or whatever actually we find out that we're in a collective of people who have either been in through something similar or just empathize with what you're going through and want to try and help and you know it's not about fixing things but actually sometimes just standing with somebody or saying do you know what tom let's just go for a run mm -hmm. and talk crap do you know what i mean so i think that first step is sometimes the hardest step but it's the biggest step as well mm -hmm. no 100 i was going to briefly touch on just to kind of summarize the podcast in terms of obviously lockdown and just in general some of the things that you found in terms of it might it might be a routine thing that you do or it might just be could be anything what kind of helps you keep your mental health in check overall especially when you go when you are feeling like you're slipping down into like a, a darker sort of mindset i let tom tom do you want to even just one or two things that you found to help you um very very honestly um a playstation um, just having just having that kind of time to switch off it, it usually two hours at a time just go on with a couple of my mates and my brother and act like I'm 15 16 again like and I, and I think like in terms of football being taken away from us as well that's kind of replaced that a little bit because we can't that's bringing the competitive nature back um, and stuff like that 
So that's actually really helped. I don't obviously go on every single night, but if I do feel like I need to go on, I will. I'll just go on and sit on there for a couple of hours. Um, and I think people sort of, people get a lot of stick for still at like 23, 24, 25, however, however old you are, still going on the PlayStation. Like, But do you know what I mean? It's, it's completely normal. Do you know what I mean? Um, and in terms of just something else, I would probably say... Um, exercise just ex- just exercise in general because i mean before before the first lockdown i was um i was a little bit overweight and then i found um a routine that i was was able to stick to i found a diet plan that i quite enjoyed and stuff like that and i managed to lose the weight that i wanted to and get back fit um and then once lockdown came back i don't think i, I don't think i've ever felt as good as i did um once obviously once we were able to to go about and socialize and stuff like that. So I think those two things, especially I would, I would say have probably been mine during lockdown. Perfect. Go on, Marty. Um, I think a big one for me is acceptance and like allowing myself to feel whatever I'm feeling for years. I would just push things down and mask it over with football and stuff like that. So if I have a shit day like you, you yesterday, Brendan, you know, just have that shit day, just have that off day. Um, whereas normally I would try and mask that and go over the top to make myself feel better. So around myself with happiness and stuff like that. But actually, no, you're going to have them off days. You're going to have them times where you might need a bit of a cry and stuff like that. So I think I'm still learning it, but that acceptance and understanding where I am, kind of I picture myself along a line of, negative and positive and where I am on that line for the day so I think that checking in with myself that's why I really like what we're doing in terms of the check-in stuff because I can kind of do that so yeah the acceptance the checking in is really important for me I check in with a lot of people during the day even just to say like how's your day been and then Mm -hmm. like with Tom they'll ask how's your day been and stuff like that so I think that's a big thing for me you can probably tell I like to talk I do I I talk a lot and Mm -hmm. I think that's what I've found hard with lockdown is not being able to be sat in the office with Tom and just talking utter nonsense. So I think I've had to kind of reinvent that almost. So I think that's been a big one for me as well in terms of the communication side. Exercise is, is massive. That's that's massively held But I think the communication side and I think it's very easy to go a day and not really speak to anybody while you're kind of locked, locked in, locked up, however you want to phrase yeah. it. So um communication is massive for me massive mm-hmm. and i'm again another one i'm still learning there are still times like where i have to check myself because i'll go to tour but then not i'll just pretend i'm fine so yeah. i have to i have to challenge myself on it and it's a process at the end of yeah. the day 100 it's interesting because obviously everyone's got their own individual ways of of dealing like Tom, you mentioned obviously the PlayStation. That's that's a great. You know that works for you. Who cares if your mom complains or who, if your mate is like you're twenty god years old? Why are you still playing it? That's your social time. That's your time to switch off and enjoy yourself. And if that works for you, that works for you. People are going to be different. You might have a random, random thing that nobody else has ever heard of, and people might think you're weird for doing it. Do it if you feel good for it. Never mind what other people think. Stick to what you know. And like you said, accepting like you're going to have bad days and stuff like that is one of the best things you can do. But I think that comes with like life experience. 
some people have that life experience earlier in life. Some people might not have it until the later. It takes time to learn that and be able to understand like, right, how am I feeling? What have I done previously to get me into a better mindset? Or do I need to just say like, look, I feel like this. I'm just going to take a little bit of a time out and then a few hours, another day, I'm going to reset and go again. So there was different things. And there was one thing as well that we were briefly touched on about social media. One thing that I found, because I can, I'll get into the, the rut of social media, especially during lockdown, when you, you do probably have a bit more time to yourself scrolling through your phone, just take some time off it because it's easy to compare yourself to, to other people. And I had a conversation with another PT the other day. We're just talking about like, oh, you've been busy with stuff. And he's like, mate, not really. Like, I haven't really been doing that much. And I look on social media and see people who are putting stories on trading clients outside. They've got 50 plus online clients. I'm like, God, they're really busy. I know I need to be like that. I need to be like that. No, you don't need to be that. Like your, your journey is a little bit different to everybody else's. You might be on a different path. Like one day you might get there. One day, like the minute, you might just need to chill out and just be like, accept you're at a nice little level at the minute, but things are going to start opening up again. Gyms aren't open for another few months. Just you'll be busy then. Not everybody else who you think is successful is as successful as they are. So mm-hmm. just kind of Definitely. focus on yourself, focus on your own, your own life and taking time off social media, just deleting Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, taking just even just a, a, a few days off it can be a nice yeah. little refresh yeah. and focus on yourself. Yeah. I'd, screen I'd screen time. Screen time was the best and worst thing for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, it made us realise how terrible I was on it, but actually it made us do something about it. I know you, in terms of social media as well, Tom, you've kind of took a step back, haven't you? Yeah, I... Um... It was a couple, few months ago now, um, maybe a month before Christmas, I think. I uh, just came off. In fact, I didn't even come off. I just deleted the Facebook app. So if I ever did need to go on it, I could go on the internet on my phone and go on it that way, which is obviously a bit of a clout on. But I don't find myself just sitting and scrolling through Facebook. I've still got Twitter and Instagram, and that's it. Um, and I know someone who I sort of um, support a little bit through lockdown and stuff like that, and they... Um, would post constantly on Instagram, like just stuff that no one even needed to know. Like they didn't, I don't even know what they were posting for. And they didn't, when I, when I spoke to them about it, they, they didn't know who or what they were doing. And I'd said to them, I said, first thing you need to do, because obviously when they started struggling, first thing you need to do is stop on Instagram. Don't stop completely. Allow yourself maybe 20 minutes to sit and scroll through it just before you go to bed, when you get up, one time in the afternoon, but and then just try and stop posting. And they didn't for like, I'm going to say four or five months. And straight away, they just felt they felt the difference massively. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because obviously social media obviously is quite a bad place, um, especially, especially at the minute. But you know, it can be it can be really good for you. You can get some support and stuff through social media. You can get some so many helpful tips. You can see stuff like this on it and stuff like that. So it can be good, and but also you need to realize it can be good for you to just stop altogether. And like you mm-hmm. said, Brennan, even if it's just on a night or a weekend or a couple of days, like you'll feel a massive difference for it. Yeah. Have you guys <laughs> seen the social dilemma? You probably have, haven't you? Yeah. 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 It's just. It's, it's, uh... It's like, it's, it's how we measure happiness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how a lot of people measure happiness. It's how people measure success, but it's not real. Like it isn't real. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of social media, media. And I know for like you with your business and stuff, it's massive, yeah. isn't it? And mm-hmm. in terms of reaching people you might not have reached and all that sort of stuff. For us, we can engage with people and encourage conversations. But like, 
unfortunately, and we're all we're all guilty of it if we're on it at some point. We 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 compare ourselves and we measure what success and happiness is on on it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. and it's getting worse. Oh mate, it gets honestly, it's getting worse and worse. Like, especially lockdown the, with the screen time thing, you can notice how much more you're on it. Just scrolling, and you get into like rabbit holes, or like clicking on someone's profile, and it leads to someone else, and you're like nosing around. Oh, what's this person doing? What's that person doing? Like, why are they got so many followers and stuff? And also in terms of like Tom, what you said about the person you're on about in terms of just constantly posting, they're probably looking for that that dopamine hit because when you're getting likes and stuff and your little the little red things popping up, you get notifications. It's like a dopamine hit. And there's a big thing that I'm a believer in in the morning as well, which I didn't mention. Try not to go on your phone for like the first hour of the day, if you possibly can. I know obviously sometimes I'll go on it and post something on my story, but I try not to look at my my messages and my notifications. I have all my notifications off on my phone as well. So the little red things don't come up on the, on the apps just to try and avoid that dopamine hit earlier in the day. Because once you get that one dopamine hit, the rest of your day, you're looking for approval off people. You're looking for for something positive from people you're constantly looking if you don't get that from someone that's when you start getting into like a negative more negative mindset so mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to do you what podcast i was gonna say that's a good one to talk about what podcasts have you listened to that have helped you personally with mindfulness with mental health or is there, is there anything like a youtube video or anything that you've you've listened to um, i would say high performance podcast I'd say that all the time in my workshops and stuff. That's that's probably the main one that I kind of because it kind of reaches everybody. It's not just about football or sport, you know. Um, the best one that I listened to on there was Matthew McConaughey, and his yeah. kind of mindset and the way he sort of um, raises his kids and stuff like that. And it was like it was almost like he was completely and utterly mad. But what he was saying in a really weird way made a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, that one for me especially, and then the um, the Taiwan Mings one as well that that he did on there. Yeah, that if that that's the best one I've listened to. That surprised well. me as well because I didn't know a lot about Taiwan Mings beforehand yeah, until no, I listened I mean, to that, and it opened my mind up. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I went. I let Tom go first because we always message each other about the high high performance podcast because we love it. I was just loading up my podcast just to see who I. I've got to listen to. I listen to some really random ones. Um, I, so I listen to high performance. I think that's that's um kind of one I listen to. I've got one called um process that I listen to. I've heard that. It's meant to be decent, actually. <laughs> got some good guests lined up, I think, in the future though. Yeah, so so I've heard. So yeah, that's on my playlist. Um, I listen to Louis Theroux. I love Louis Theroux. Yeah. Um, but that's more that's more my go-to of like switch off sort of stuff as opposed to the mindset. That's just like if I'm going for a walk and I've had a really crap day, that I like I like that sort of stuff. Um, another one that's a little bit kind of not not as well known is one called Football Journeys. Um, it's I, I don't know whether I sent it to you actually. It's mm-hmm. it's basically um two guys who I know through work um, and they followed a lot of ex. Um, academy players at Liverpool and basically how all the journeys have differed. It's fascinating. You've listened to some of it as well, Tom, haven't you? But it comes in all the mental health stuff, you know, around injury, rejection. One of the lads ended up in prison. There's some unbelievable kind of different pathways through football and out of football. Um, I, I am fascinated by everything football. I love the mindset side of it and stuff. You know, like on YouTube, I love the air cycling GK. And like yeah. watching, I mean, I mean, he he's hilarious. He's classic. He's, he's, like, he's just he's, he's just a so kid positive. His dream. He's just a uh-huh. kid living his dream, and so it comes across so positive. But like even just seeing the preparation, the the process of, mm-hmm. of getting it getting um 
I am still trying to get into like the reading side. Um, I'm still on the art of resilience, um, which is about the guy who swam swam around the UK. Um, one I've been recommended is uh, Think Like a Monk. My dad's recommended that one. Uh, you might like that one, actually. One of the main points is about putting your phone down and not looking at it for the first half an hour, being in a process and stuff like that. So, yeah. There's yeah. loads of different things out there. Oh, there's loads. There's one, there's a one. There's another Jody, Chris Will's podcast, Modern Wisdom. He does, like, literally they have topics. He gets random people on, but literally just topics about everything. But there's quite a yeah. few good ones on my um, mental health, mindfulness. He's big on mindfulness. And there's a one on loneliness about lockdown. I'm try- I was trying to look through and try and find the name of the, the person. It was a woman. It was probably about a week or two ago, but they were talking about loneliness. And she was, she'd done researches on, on loneliness. And, and she went to a... Um, what was it a hugging retreat in California? Like for people who were like divorced or widowed or whatever it is, and they would go there and literally just go around and get no, no like sexual stuff, nothing. It was just hugs. <laughs> it was literally they'd go around and like hug each other and stuff. And she'd done loads of these experiences and stuff, but she was talking about people who have um, had some sort of mental health trauma, whether it be someone in the family's passed away or they've suffered with, they've went broke and they've kind of had to work their way back up. Whether you've had something like that and then even if your life now two three years down the line is kind of looking all right you've got a happy family kids your job's good you still suffer i can't remember what the there was a certain statistic but you said even if you have that sort of short period of suffering you still suffer long term with it even if your life is is is, seems all right there's still something embedded in you so it you you can't kind of Mm. fix what's what's happened to you in a sense it's grief it's grief isn't it and grief goes round in a in a circle a constant circle but that that's a one i was i was thinking about actually of just even like the tactileness of just having a hug like it's really it is nice just to have a hug off somebody it's crazy isn't it i know and that's what people are probably missing at the minute like at football like hugging the lads after you score a goal or whatever people are probably missing that you're probably sick of hugging your missus by now yeah 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 exactly (laughs) same old people (laughs) I was still trying to look for it, but yeah, Modern Wisdom is a really good one. I'm trying to think of, of books that I've read. I'm big on obviously the mindset side, do, so I've read. I've read. We do the, have to drop the mental podcast in as well. Oh, of course, course. yes, of course. <laughs> I think I think the most recent episode was one of the best ones that I've listened to. To be fair, I think that was yeah. quite a good one. Interesting, interesting uh, guest, I would say. Interesting, like, and I was okay, um, decent, but yeah, a book that I've read that's um, really good is um, it's so good I can't remember its name. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, what's its name? There's two. Matt Haig, oh. um, Reasons to Stay Alive. No, no but it's one, the, I've, it? read, I've read the second one. On oh, Notes on a Nervous Planet. Like, really, really good. I've, I read it, 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 and it's literally just short little um, stories and stuff like that. And just basically his sort of, it's, it's almost like a journal that he's written. Um, but it just gives you a kind of different as, aspect and outlook on life. Whenever, whenever, um, people sort of taught was about about mental health and stuff like that. I was pointing towards that book because it is it is really, really good. And the way I found out about that, and this is kind of another thing that I've just thought myself that actually I find almost comfort in and I take bits from it to help myself out in my own sort of um, routine and stuff. Uh, GQ's U- uh, YouTube channel, they do a thing called um, The Ten Essentials. And they've got a sport one or they've got just like, it's usually rappers and stuff like that. But they go through the 10 essentials, the stuff that they couldn't live without. And it's usually stuff like trainers and jewellery, watches, phones, stuff like that. Really important find stuff. like little gems. Like I was watching Will Porter's one who said, um, notes on a nervous planet. 
But then like um, Kyrie Irving, he's done a good one. I've watched his one about 10 times. And it's just, it's given me little stuff in my own routine and life that I kind of hold on to like a journal or a notebook where I literally just write shit down. But actually how important that is for me and stuff like that. So they're really good as well. I think the more that you kind of surround yourself with all these things, all these sort of books, podcasts, YouTube videos, the more you invest and look into them, the more, well, one more addicted you kind of come to them because there's, it's so interesting once you kind of get hooked on them things, you want to learn about the mind and learn what these successful people do. But also you, you, you learn more things that you can put into your own life, like these books. Like I'm trying to think ones off the head. Like I was going to say the David Goggins ones in terms of his mindset is like ridiculous. Um, even books on like mankind, like Sapiens, like learning actually how, like, where we genetically come from and how our brain actually used to work and maybe why we we function the way we do in terms of our mental health in terms of not wanting to be alone like we we thrive being in tribes but then there is the odd person who does kind of work better on their own so all that like maybe understanding life a little bit more anything like that that you can invest in and, and take your time out to to look into it's gonna not only educate yourself but also help with with your mental health and maybe when you are in in suffering times Definitely, definitely, definitely 100%. Do you used to have a little look at the um, the last three questions that I, I sent you asked to all my guests? Three questions. I did. It was I hard. did. I, yeah, really hard. Like, yeah. I still don't even know my answer, I don't think. You're going to, and everybody does this. Everyone, like, answers the question. They're like, afterwards, the text is, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said someone else. I want to say someone else. But just off the off the top of your head, anyway, it doesn't, it, the, the rest of the world doesn't rely on it, so don't worry about it. So three people you'd like to invite round for dinner or go out for a coffee with. Go on, Tom, I'll let you, uh, no pressure, so, you can go first. I've already mentioned him and I've already probably specified the reasons why. Matthew McConaughey, just I would love, I mean, let's be honest, the sound of his voice is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but actually, like, just sat for that hour listening to him on that podcast was just like, class and I think I could do it over and over again I'd love to be his wife um, and then um, in terms of mindset because I'm much like Matthew really sort of obsessed with mindset and stuff like that, especially not just in football but sport in general so um, Michael Jordan obviously after watching the last dance just realizing how ruthless and, and stuff he was and probably still is just in terms of like trying to be successful and stuff I think that's just I'd love to pick someone's brains at how they can actually be that much of an arsehole, but successful at the same time. Yeah. And then the last one would probably be um, Guardiola. Cause I just, I, I, I love him. I'm reading his, I'm reading a book about him at the minute and I just like absolutely love him. Not just in terms of like the football he gets his teams to play, but just again, his mindset and, and his real desire to be sort of a successful person and stuff like that. But actually what I've found out is, is how much he's really struggled and how much he's, he struggles within himself um, and kind of how he's sort of built different relationships and stuff like that. I think yeah. those three people, if I could just sit at a table with them three and sort of slouch back in my chair like that and just let them three talk and just and just listen, that would be that would be class. There'd be some conversation. I was going to say, was Guardiola, was it after Bayern Munich he took a big period out? Was it after no, Bayern Munich? No, it was after um, Barca. Barca. So yeah. the part in the book where I'm up to, he's just left Bayern and he went straight to Man City. Whereas he had a year out uh, between Barca and Bayern. Yeah, because he kind of won everything, didn't he? At yeah. Barca. Yeah, well, he won, and then um, when he went to Bayern, he didn't. He never won the Champions League. But actually, this the statistics with his Bayern team and stuff like that, it's like so unbelievable. But like, mm-hmm. no one likes him over there. Really? Because <laughs> he didn't yeah. win the Champions no, League. Yeah, you know, just because 
they kind of never built a relationship. It was kind of, I think they kind of knew that it was a process that he was going through in trying to get to the Premier League. He was never sort of there to help buy in almost. He was kind of there to sort of improve himself as a manager. Yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. Interesting that one. Yeah. Go on, Matty, who are your three? So so my first one would, would be Louis Theroux, because I think the way the way he is able to get conversations out of other people, that would be good. But like he's met some of the most fascinating, has some of the most fascinating stories. Um, but I think he could get the rest of everybody else around the table to talk that little bit more. This is probably the most unbalanced kind of group of people ever. My next one um, would be Jeremy, the grime rapper. Um, and the reason is not not so much about his music, but if you listen to him and it, it, his mindset and stuff like that, he is fascinating. Um, so kind of he just makes music when he fancies making music because he loves music. Um, he isn't really about the fame, although he kind of obviously is in the public eye. Um, keeps his family behind kind of closed doors. Um, like he just he just loves run. He loves Pokemon. Like he he's bought loads of like. £10,000 Portamon cards but not because he wants them to be worth more in the future he says if they're worth £10 that's fine because I'm not going to sell them they're for me and he like he seems very somebody that is just happy with his self-worth and he's vegan he's very like questioning if you listen to podcasts I'll send you a podcast he's on called Halfcast he's fascinating genuine for for what you think he is in terms of like this roadman sort of he's not that stereotypical and he just yeah he just oozes like that he loves life so Mm -hmm. and then my last one and Tom's kind of stole it would have to be Pep um because I just think he screams everything that we adore in terms of his appreciation of football his love of football obviously his experiences he was coached by Sir Bobby which is which is always a, a positive and like even that that interview he recently did about the FA Cup game and saying you know we all came from there we all played in them non-league grounds we were all getting changed in the bars and stuff like that so this isn't anything new and it's just somebody I'm fascinated by I would love to just spend five minutes with him just to just to even feel his aura, he's got mm. that aura, hasn't he? So yeah, I think a very, a very diverse kind of group of people, but no. people I'm very fascinated by. Yeah, it's has been good. Even, just touching on Pep, I think I'm going to talk about him again because I love him. <laughs> I think if we invited him to come and watch a game, that um, even if if uh, Brennan ever signs with Jeremy United, if um, if we ever <laughs> if we ever played in the same team. I think even if we invited him for a game, he'd be so invested in that. Oh, not just like not just being like half arsed and thinking, right, when I, when can I go home? I just think yeah. I just get the idea that he'd be so invested in that sort of even that mm. level of football. Yeah. Definitely. I'd love to I'd love to see like a big manager like that actually drop down, even just like a few leagues and try and get a team up there, like start from like a national league and work their way up, see see what they could actually do. That's when the true test would be rather than going to a team that is like multi-million pound pushing for Premier League, pushing for Champions League, it's going down. Well, when someone's actually going to do it, I don't know, but it would be really interesting yeah. to, to see. Yeah. Maybe Durham United, you never know. Maybe. Maybe, mate. Right, going last two questions. So three people you'd want to train with, either gym-related, football-related, whichever one you want. Matthew, you're first. So... Person I've always admired football-wise, the person I've loved watching so much is Fabregas in terms of like the way he moves around a pitch and like his understanding of the pitch and like how he looks around. So I think 
I would love to just spend some time with him, um, him and probably Gerard, um, just because he was the one I always adored. And I think his no-lose mentality, I know it, it didn't always come off that way, but it was always about achieving things, high standards. You know, you listen, you listen and you read up people that have played with him and there was never a day off. I, I don't I don't think coming he doesn't come across as somebody you would enjoy training with because he made it fun. Um but I think like that mindset and that drive, I would love that that sort of kind of for, force from him. Um and then for me third, I think I, I am somebody who I like to enjoy what I'm doing as well. So like somebody like Gaza being around you, somebody like that. I mean, I, I love everything about what Gaza was. I it It's still, I don't fully understand it because we were quite young when Gaza was around, but like he's somebody I absolutely love because he just loved what he did. And, you know, obviously the association in Newcastle um, and to see kind of what he's become and obviously how much he struggles is so hard. But I think he's the one, he, he was, he's, he's just a free spirit, isn't he? So I think to be able to train with somebody like that, I don't think you get much done like. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, so, yeah, Fabregas, Gerard, and Gaza. And I know that's the football one, but, yeah, I, yeah, I have to no, go man. towards football. I was going to quickly say, if you listen to Gerard's podcast with um, Jake Humphreys on the high performance, if you listen to that one, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. you can really see how badly that slip hurt him. Do you not, like, oh, he's just... Unbelievable. You, you just didn't really want to like talk about it too. You could tell it like must have, that must have killed yeah. him at the time. Mm, yeah, and it still does. Hundred percent. He talked about like he thinks about it most days, doesn't he? Yeah, it's crazy how that has that long. In, like to be fair, nobody would have probably realised how much it probably impacted him until that interview. That's the great thing about these podcasts and these interviews. Like it opens your mind up. Like I didn't know about Tyrone Mings in, ter- in terms of his mental health, in terms of what he's doing outside of football. Like it's great seeing like what actually goes through the minds of these people at the top level who you probably think, oh, they just think football and like they make a mistake one day, it doesn't really matter to them and then they move on. It's not, not everyone's human in a sense. Exactly. Go on then, Tom. Um, my first, I kind of try to not go down a football route too much with these three, um, but it was difficult. So the first one is um, Jordan Henderson. I just, obviously being a Sunderland fan, very, very biased towards anything that he does. But like, just in terms of, I think we were talking about before, like um, Matthew with the the grime rapper of keeping his family um, very secret and stuff like that and um, and things. But just, just little stories that I've heard of him, just in terms of like how good of a captain he was last year and putting his arm around people like Adam Lallana when they were injured and stuff. And just, I don't know, he just seems like, the kind of person who you'd want around you in your life to really sort of support you. But then at the same time, like you get so much drive and uh, motivation off him. I just think that, that, um, that he would, he would just be fantastic to have around and just have a conversation with him in terms of his fitness. Cause I think actually his fitness is something that, that is very underestimated just about how, how actually fit he is. Um, and obviously, with him being a Mac, and we can talk about Sunderland, so that would be good as well. Slate Sunderland um, a little bit. Massively, ma- massively resilient as well, by the way. Oh yeah, Henderson. Definitely. In terms of like where he was, he got hammered mm. being at Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Well, he nearly went out on loan to um, Stoke and Fulham, didn't he? Mm. And yeah. was a captain a couple of years later. Um, but I think just into like I think I've, I've probably said that more just in terms of like. Um, what other people have said about him, like especially the Adam Lallana interview when he left Liverpool 
like yeah it actually drove him to tears talk, just talking about Henderson mm-hmm. and just how big he was for him personally so yeah he would definitely be in there next one um I will put another Sunderland player in there just because I'd love to just have a conversation with him and um, you two probably haven't heard of him Luke nine um now he's he's the guy he, they signed him from Wickham a few years ago he's just come back um off loan sorry um from injury but like he just seems like the nicest kid ever like always open to sort of do anything for us Matthew he did our campaign for us he um he sent messages to my mom's hospital and stuff like that during lockdown um and I just think he just seems like an unbelievable kid to just just again have around you um, so yeah, that, and to be fair to him, he's absolutely ripped. So I'd obviously have to. <laughs> I might ask. Him. I might get him on mate if he's in decent shape. I might see if I get a PT session <laughs> with him. Definitely say yes. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely ripped. So obviously, I need to pick his brains that way. And then with the last one, I put Michael Jordan in terms of mindset and a different kind of sport. I was going to put LeBron in, but I've gone down the basketball route already. So um, Cam Newton, he's the um, quarterback for the Patriots now. But I've recently just watched the um, All or Nothing when he was at the, um, the obviously the Amazon thing when he was at Carolina Panthers, and I think he's got a lot of struggles off the or been on a bit of trouble off the sort of the pitch or um, away from football. But um, like just his drive and driving the rest of the team, just what people again what people were saying about him and like um, is sort of humor and, and humility when he's working out and he's doing his stuff and like he's not a very serious person when he is in, in sort of the, the training arena and stuff like that but he's in like he's so driven and stuff like that and I just think again to just pick his pick his brain and sort of see how he does things would be would be fantastic. Yeah, solid three, solid few guests. And then last one might I let you go first. One thing that you'd see yourself five years ago put the stick down and I'll explain that um so I, I can very easily beat myself with my own stick and tell myself I'm doing the wrong thing I'm making the wrong decision actually sometimes just put the stick down give yourself that little bit of a break have that bad day struggle you know make that bad decision every now and then mm-hmm. yeah, you're, only, you're only human mate 100% spot on exactly, exactly. Tom um, probably just be patient and have a bit of patience um, and don't sort of worry too much about how my actions affect other people. Like be selfish every now and again. Like I think a lot of the decisions that I've made, um, not so much in the past couple of years, but before that were based more around making sure that people around me were happy and I was um, fulfilling what they wanted of me. But just be patient and just, just be yourself. Spot on, mate. No, I like that. Lovely way to finish, fellas. So I know you obviously, if you care, shares on Instagram. What else are they on? They on Twitter? I don't have Twitter. I'm not on anything. Website Instagram, and everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, website, full whack. I'll put that all down in the show notes. And if it's on YouTube, I'll put it in the description. Do you want to shout your own Instagrams out and social medias? I don't know if you're going to get a few followers. Might get one. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, can do. If you want to see pictures of food and dogs, then more than welcome to that's about it. all that comes on our content isn't it tom yeah. <laughs> but yeah 100 more than ha- happy to put ours on as well mate yeah yeah i'll tag tag yours down below but guys it's been an absolute pleasure some great topics talked about then i think it'll um should do pretty well now i appreciate you both coming on 
thank you appreciate it uh, absolute pleasure lads so thank you very much if you listen to this full episode and again thank you matty and thank you tom for coming on the podcast like i said before at the start of the podcast the link for if you care share will be down below so if you are struggling or you need someone to talk to get in touch with them follow them on instagram website give them a call if you really need to so as i always say at the end of the podcast if you could share this podcast on social media instagram twitter copy the link and send it over to, to a friend that would mean the world to me just to spread the word especially with this podcast obviously there's obviously a big meaning behind it and i think with lockdown and everything going on the push for mental health not just with men not just in sport but in general needs to be obviously brought to everyone's attention so if you can share this podcast it would mean the world so thank you very much for listening to this episode this has been process mm-hmm.